Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools on the entire internet. They have fantastic trade analyzers, player rankings, and the best schedule, the weekly schedule out there on any site, HashtagBasketball.com. Uh, it will 100% help you be a better fantasy basketball player. Uh, your money back guaranteed because it is free. Uh, check them out as soon as possible. But also, we want to thank them for hosting the show. And I'm your host, Mike Katrin. And joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? How much did you cry today, Michael? Uh, I didn't. I have been uh, drinking a little bit in celebration this evening. Oh yeah, right. Your favorite coach got fired. Listen, there is there was nothing favorite or and 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 barely anything coach about Fred Hoiberg. Uh, I will say very strange for him to get fired on Monday, December third. Not really sure. Under I understand the timing. I'm um, not really sure I understand really anything other than like m- my only thought is like once everybody's healthy on the Bulls, they'll look a little bit better and it will seem like a good decision. So it'll save Gar Foreman's job. Like that's the only thing I can think of because Fred Hoiberg, while a very bad coach, was, you know, slightly improving and the team is supposed to be bad. Like they're supposed to not be. Uh, winning hardly any games and tanking and getting a good draft pick. So I'm not really sure what they were expecting. Um, so I'm not, I haven't really heard anything other than the new, the normal corporate speak out of the front office here in Chicago. Um, Gar Foreman was not available for comments. So I, that's a little suspicious uh, today, but uh, I'm, I'm celebrating. I'm, I'm having myself a few drinks. Uh, yeah, I mean, Fred Hoiberg, just not a great coach. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in Chicago. And obviously they're going to go in the interim route. And I don't, is um, it a, dude, you know, Tibbs is going to get fired. It's going to be a reunion at the end. Too big of a, I don't think there's anything that is going to drastically change. How about that? Other than maybe the, um, that the players or the effort that they might put in. Fred Hoiberg, not the most uh, aggressive coach. In fact, had a, a medical history that prevented him from being uh, too aggressive while yelling at the refs or yelling at his players. And uh, Jim Boylan, not the Jim Boylan, who took over the coaching job from Scott Skiles. For not, not the same Jim Boylan, different Jim Boylan. Um, if everybody remembers, this is a while ago. Some of you younger listeners might not remember, but the Bulls front office, by the way, the exact same front office over a decade ago fired Scott Skiles on Christmas Eve. So at least Hoiberg did not get fired on Christmas Eve. He's got that going for him along with about $25 million. So that's good, a good going away present. So the Bulls have won one game since November 11th. It's uh, it's a godsend, Tyler. Thank 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 the Lord. Well, the schedule's not looking great, but they could get a second win. I mean, they play the Pacers, they play the Kings, they play the Thunder, they play the Celtics before December eleventh. 
Surprisingly, I would say the most likely win is the Celtics. Boston not looking good. The Boston absolutely destroyed them on November 14th. All the more reason to get hyped up for the game. It's it's always one of those those are the games the the Bulls seem to win when they're when they're bad. It's just like, oh yeah, this team's coming to town and they're looking past the Bulls and for some reason the Bulls show up and they shoot like, you know, 52% from behind the arc for no reason and then they end up winning. That's that's what happens. Not having an NBA point guard, not not a good decision for a team. Turns out, uh, uh, well, actually, we are doing our waiver wire podcast, and uh, one of the guys who has been, I uh, actually added in more, um, surprisingly more leagues than I thought would be, is uh, oh my god, I can't say his name, Ryan Archidiacono. There it is, got it. Ryan Archidiacono, my starting point guard. I refuse to learn how to say his name. Apparently I did just out of osmosis of watching the games. Uh, Tyler, how long are you holding on to on Archidiacono? Is is this just simply a Chris Dunn replacement? Um, but but is he worth owning? Uh, no. I mean, he's worth streaming, sure. He had two games in a row where he scored 22 points in each with seven steals, six assists, and nine rebounds. Listen, even when he gets the minutes, though, like, what has he really given you? He's given you three assists and a couple rebounds and ten points. Like, this is not a guy you really want on your team, uh, which is not something normal, right? We usually say if we if there's a starting point guard out there, you probably want to own him. Uh, Ryan Archie Diacono breaks that mold. Yeah. Um, I will give him some credit for as bad as he should be. He actually is, the whole, you know, not not the worst replacement third-string uh, point guard in the league he uh, makes some smart plays every once in a while and he just lacks really the, the the talent or the athleticism to stay up with a lot of people but for like i said for as bad as he should be he's he's a pretty good um i guess he's the backup point guard at this point because campaign um I, has anyone seen campaign i mean we haven't i haven't seen him in a while i'm not even sure he's allowed to come into the united center anymore I think he's just campaigning somewhere. Uh, he needs to run for office because that is the only way anyone will support him. That's right. Uh, that is where we're going. We are making, we're just shitting on campaign this evening. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm with you. Archie Nakano is like stream them at best. Like, I, I don't think there's, there's definitely better waiver wire players out there. And a lot of you have been uh, picking up, a handful of players. Some of these players we've talked about in the in the previous episode, um, but uh, like like your Kevin Knoxes, which we um, you know we we we're not too strong. And I think tonight's uh, eight points, nine rebounds, four assists, which is not the worst line in the world, shows that Kevin Knox, even though he might come back and play you know twenty eight, twenty nine minutes a game, his fantasy game isn't. Uh, you know, like standardly, like basically bottom of the standard league relevant. So we weren't recommending Kevin Knox in our last episode. Um, I would say the Knicks front office, like you were saying, Tyler, is uh, has no idea what they're doing. Would you say the Knicks front office is worse than the Bulls front office? Um, yes. 
<laughs> wow, that is not as that was not a strong um vote of confidence. Well, I mean, at least the Bulls have I and mean, you mentioned this, like the Bulls have been drafted all right, but I mean is Fisdale a worse coach than Hoiberg? Maybe at this point. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Actually, probably. And I mean, just Fisdale, he just can't figure it out. Like, what, what do you say? Like, by this point, you ought to know who's good and who can play. And you can say it's a matchups thing or whatever, but you play similar teams and you don't play the same lineup. So, is it really a matchups thing? It can't be. It just doesn't make any sense. It, it the the Knicks are really ruining um, a a good portion i mean there's some talent on that team and it would just be nice to see someone like enos Cantor just play 32 minutes to 33 minutes a night there's really no reason why he isn't well i mean and he's a flawed player like i sure. get it but the but team's bad so what? i i just don't understand though like if you're gonna try to tank and rebuild like play mitchell robinson until he fouls out every night like, who cares yeah I mean, Moutier um, played another 36 minutes this evening, uh, had a very good stat line. But, you know, we've said this off and on uh, this season about Emmanuel Moutier. We're just not sure the consistency is going to stay there. I I don't want to trust that guy. Like, I don't trust that guy. And more importantly, like we're saying right now, we just do not trust Fisdale or the New York Knicks. Well, and I mean, he played Hazonia twenty minutes, and he started him tonight. Like he just he doesn't he doesn't always make the best decisions. I mean, they pulled Damian Dotson off the scrap heap, and they've been playing him like twenty four minutes. Then it goes up to thirty minutes. Then it goes to twelve minutes. Then it's down to you know five minutes. Then it's up to thirty minutes again. Like he just can't decide. And yeah, and let's I mean let's talk about Damian Dotson because he is actually one of the number one picked up guys in Yahoo leagues right now, uh, a huge percentage bump for him simply because over the last four games, like we're saying, the Knicks decided to play Damian Dodson. Like who would have, who would like, if we, if you would have asked us a question about Damian Dodson two weeks ago, we would have, well, Tyler would have been very polite and I would have told you to go screw yourself because he is completely irrelevant. And now he's been relevant for four games. Well, he had, he had that stretch of like 10, almost 10 games there where he was pretty fantasy relevant. I mean, it ended with that game against the Bulls where he yeah. played 41 minutes, but there was a stretch of games there where it was 22, 32, 34, 30, 28, 32, 36, 31, 41 minutes. Like he was relevant. And then all of a sudden, like the minutes went away and he was playing 18 a night. And then he was out of the rotation for a while. And now he's back in playing 25 to 30 minutes. Like no, Fisdale just can't decide. No, I guess like you know Trey Burke's hurt, but like has Trey Burke been a freaking presence on this team either? Like it's none of this makes any sense, and I, I just don't think we can. I don't think we're we're gonna be saying the exact same thing in January and February and March. We can't figure out the Knicks, and I don't think we're ever going to. So let's just try to avoid saying the same thing we always say about the Knicks: is that ride the hot hand and then drop these guys when they're not, and just that's what you're gonna have to. That's what you're going to have to do moving forward. Like, sorry, there's just really no intel to figure out what's going on there. And I, I, even the best of the best fantasy players aren't going to be able to do it. Probably even, you know, the guys on the damn team can't figure out what the hell's going on with the rotation. Well, and, uh, and this is maybe we're saying too, like, even if you're telling me every player they have gets 30 minutes. Okay. 
who who do you really really want in a standard league? Like Tim Hardaway is going to score, but he's not really going to do a lot else. Yeah, and he's Enos been the only consistent guy. Enos Cantor is number one, I would say. That's what I mean. He's going to get you the points and rebounds. Noah Vonley is kind of a one category guy in thirty minutes. Like he's going to get you a buttload of rebounds and maybe a block a game, but that's it. Yeah, he's not like a perennial all star. Hazonia would probably be standard league relevant in 30 minutes, but he's not going to get 30 minutes, I don't think, so we can cross nope. that one off. Moutier still can't shoot. Yeah, I, actually, Damian Dotson might be fourth. <laughs> That's how insane that is. Yeah, and I mean, they got some other guys, you know, down there. Mitchell Robinson, if he could actually not foul out in 30 minutes, the blocks have the potential to be pretty elite. But he's not rebounding, so he's not really doing much else. I mean, tonight, 14 minutes, one rebound, two assists three blocks. Um, so he's pretty much a blocks only guy. Like all their guys seem to be pretty much one category guys. So, I mean, is that really helping you that much? Probably not. No, I don't think it is. Um, another guy who just got picked up by a bunch of people and this makes perfect sense. Another guy we talked about in the previous episode, uh, Josh Jackson on the Phoenix suns replacing Devin Booker pretty much is, uh, his touches, his minutes. He, uh, Josh Jackson is going to play. Um, Pretty much starters minutes with Booker out and will just shoot a lot more. He's going to shoot a bad percentage, but uh, Jess Jackson able to produce somewhat. But also a lot of people picking up uh, uh, Rashawn Holmes, uh, who had a very decent game in limited minutes. Are you are you interested in Rashawn Holmes as like kind of an end of the bench keep? like keep on your team type of guy, or is this simply just a let's stream a guy who in the, in the past when he does play extended minutes has been a, a pretty decent uh, points, rebounds, fantasy um, and, and blocks, obviously uh, fantasy relevant player. I don't really get this one in the sense that you want to guess what his season high in minutes is Mike. Mm, I'm going to go on the limb and say he played like 28 one time. He played 23 against the Lakers, and the Suns lost by 24 points. Yay. And That's not not good. He is consistently right around the 16, 17-minute range um, the entire month of November, and he was in the five-minute range in the month of October. So... You could say, oh, well, it looks like he's playing more. I don't really think he is. I think he's basically exclusively playing backup center to DeAndre Ayton. Um, and then if you look at a lot of the game logs, I think if you add the minutes up, it pretty much makes 48 minutes between Holmes and Ayton. Um, so like you mentioned, he's an interesting guy, and he actually hasn't been shooting threes this year. When he played for Philly, he would always shoot threes. And it was kind of an interesting, like, can get you a steal, can get you a block, and can shoot a three big man. We really haven't seen the threes. He has not taken a three-point attempt all season. The steals and blocks have been tasty. But this is another guy, too, that I think if the minutes go up, the steals and block numbers go down. So, I mean, obviously permanent. Um, So if you really, really need steals and blocks, sure, you can pick this guy up. But it's a very big gamble because you're probably going to get like 18 minutes a night. Yeah. And he's probably, I mean, he does give you a block in that period of time, so that's a great stream. Uh, but like you're saying, this isn't a, a bump in minutes. Uh, I think people are just seeing the double-digit scores and going, oh, this guy's, hey, this guy's playing really well. And he is. He is playing fairly well right now. 
but not a, to me, a long-term keep on my team standard league type of player. I think, um, you know, the minutes are going to come and go and the minutes are coming right now. And that's cool. So just ride that hot hand, but similar to, I mean, at least we kind of know what's going on in Phoenix uh, with, with ride the hot hand with the Knicks, ride the hot hand with the Suns. but none of these guys are going to feel like breakout candidates uh, by any means. Like just really none of these mid mid uh, bench coming off the bench, maybe good to start guys just feel like they're ever going to, Breakout like Josh Jackson, sadly, I I just don't think he even he has it either. So, Suns, well, Knicks, I'm kind of out on all those guys. Even the Suns don't really think he has it. I mean, he was out of the rotation there for a hot minute until Devin yeah. Booker got hurt. So, um, yeah, there's that. You know, you know who do, does have it though? Throwback the clock, Dwayne Wade. After uh, sitting out for like a half a month, uh, surprisingly refreshed. With uh, dropping 35 against Toronto, uh, playing pretty much uh, 28, 29 minutes a game and doing like old school D Wade stuff. Worth owning in a standard league? I actually would say yes if he's going to play 28 minutes a game. Yeah, and we've seen this for how many years with Dwayne Wade. Like, he's not playing as many minutes as he was once was, but he can still score and he can still put up a fairly fantasy relevant line um, when he's playing. So, yeah, I'm not any issues owning Dwayne Wade. I just, I'm worried that the minutes kind of creep back down, but I mean, he really hasn't been that bad all season. No, and like, he even kind of like in that, in that mid 20 minute range, he like gives you borderline standard league value. Um, and it, it and is worth a, a good amount of points. And then on top of that, he, uh, like every once in a while, he'll drop 35 and have like eight assists. So it's, uh, it's, it's kind of worth taking the risk on him. Simply. It's frustrating to own though, in the sense that, and we always see this, like once he'll, he gets his legs under and he plays a while, like they'll rest in random games and just, Oh yeah be frustrating to own but i mean if you're just kind of streaming them when you need them and maybe cutting them when you don't that, that may be the best option with Dwayne wade yeah i think so surprisingly even at this age he is standard league relevant um and if you are looking for points he he's probably a guy you want to pick up and have on your team um, i know a lot of people looks like they have done just that another guy people are picking up right now um, over the la- uh, just basically over the, the the performance in the last four games for the New Orleans Pelicans, Tim Frazier basically playing in, in in place of Alfred Payton has been averaging like almost like nine eight eight nine assists a game, and that's all he's doing. I guess he's getting you the uh, a decent amount of rebounds for a guard. So he's got that going for him. But uh, this feels like a, a must stream if you need those. I mean, assists are very rare. It's hard to find. Like every year, the amount of guys who get good assist numbers, like consistent good plus eight assists, uh, that number goes down every single year. And just to have some guy on the waiver wire sitting there, uh, getting six, seven, eight assists, let alone he had 12 against Washington. Uh, and if that's all he is going to do in this New Orleans offense, that's, I actually think, is a must pick up. And you got to ride him while Alfred Payton's out. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's fine. He's not going to help you really much of anywhere else. But if you need assists, sure. Um, well, I think that's the thing. Super, I don't super know active. one. I don't know one player. I don't know one fantasy player out there who doesn't need assists. There might be one guy in, or maybe two owners in each league who don't need assists. Everyone else needs assists. No one's getting good assists. Assists are really hard to come by. Um, I would say almost anyone who is playing uh, needs assists on their team, and it's going to be hard to find that kind of assist production anywhere else. Okay, so he Alfred Payton is out until January from everything I, I've read. Yep. So you can have one of these two players. You can have Tim Frazier or you can have J.J. Barea. That's a good question. That is a that's a good one. Hmm. You would do JJ Barea. Um, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna go Tim Frazier because while JJ Barea is actually is doing a, a lot more, um, actually trying to score the ball, I think you're gonna see more assists on a night in night out basis from Frazier and probably a little bit more rebounds. And everything else is going to be uh, relatively the same. Well, and so it's weird in the sense that somehow Tim Frazier is like this system player in the sense that he can only do anything for the Pelicans. Like he goes on a different team and never, never plays. And then like he plays for the Pelicans and we've seen a stretch of 16 games where he played 29 minutes a game and he averaged seven assists. We've seen a stretch where for a 65 game, basically a whole season, he played 23 and a half minutes a game, got 5.2 assists. Um, Here's what I'll say. I think he'll probably be closer to five than to seven and a half assists, just in the sense that, I I mean, I think that seven and a half assists was some very lucky play by Frazier that was boosting his minutes. I, I just don't think he's that good of a player. So to me, if you want one of those two players, like get me JJ Barea. At least he's definitely going to get the minutes, and he's consistently averaged like six assists for the last year plus. So, yeah, that would be the, um, the. I think the only turn in my evaluation is that if you could guarantee me the minutes would be the exact same for both of them. Then I'm, I'm actually going to go Frazier, but with that minutes difference, Brea becomes a more um, consistently valuable player. Um, I'd still, I'm still going to take my pick Frazier simply because I think he's going to have a lot more of these like eight, nine, 10 assist games over the next, you know, two to three weeks. And then once Alfred Payton comes back, he'll be completely worthless and you can just drop him. So I, I think I'd rather have that one stat at almost like a, you know, borderline elite level, if not elite level at this point, uh, with the way assists have changed over the last few years, then, you know, J.J. Brea, who's like, you know, he's good. Who else is out here who is getting picked up? For some reason, people are picking up Kyle Korver. We did talk about Kyle Korver in the last episode. Um, not terribly excited about him being on the Utah Jazz if he wasn't relevant in Cleveland, I'm not sure why he'd be more relevant playing less minutes for a team that's actually like a team that's supposed to be good. And like, we all know that Utah is not in playoff contention right now, but well, they're in contention because that entire West is a bloodbath, but the Utah jazz are good. They're going to be good. So 
I would uh, I would avoid Kyle Korver. I, I guess stream him if you want some threes, but I, I I would actually hesitate even streaming him. I think there's better streamer players out there. Yeah, and I mean a lot of that depends on the night, in the sense that you could get the slate where he's probably the best three point streamer available in your league. But there's obviously if most of the teams are playing, he's not even near the top of the list. But, I mean, there are certain teams where you're just like – I mean, you know, we talk about this all the time, right? There's some teams where, like, they just don't play the bench at all. And so the streaming options are bad, bad, and you're just like, okay, well, give me Kyle Korver. At least he might hit a couple threes. Yeah. Like, I'll get I'll get two to three threes, and that's good enough for me. Like, one game, I needed the guy. No one was starting on my team. I had a – you know, I had a slot to – pick up someone who could hit some threes and I was guaranteed to get it. So it's like only in that situation is he, I think is he valuable um, because he is very consistent in at least because he's all, all he's going to do is shoot threes. So he's probably going to make it one or two at the very least. Um, Alfred Camino, your boy tearing everybody up out there, dropping two 20 point nights in a row. Um, that is impressive. Al Farouk Aminu, um, highly underrated. We always say that. But uh, we haven't really cons- – I don't think we've considered – maybe you've considered him, Tyler, as a standard league-ownable player. But, I, I, you know, I still think he's borderline. Uh, sometimes you, you have to – sometimes it's, it's hard owning him. Um, but right now he's killing it. Would you would you consider Al Farouk Aminu someone like if it, it, it seems like he's going to get the kind of a more of the minutes here in Portland that he is he going to be basically standard league relevant for the rest of the season? So Aminu is what Aminu is. Aminu's been this same player for the last three seasons in Portland. And this is the fourth year in a row. Like he's going to get you nine points a game. Cool. I mean it's nine points. It's what it is. But. He's really going to make his hay in getting you a steal, getting you 0.6 to 0.7 blocks, and getting you somewhere in the 7.5 to 8 rebounds a game range. Yeah. I think that's what's really wild about him is like 9 points and 8 rebounds and a and a, a steal and a little over a 3. Like you throw all that in a, a hat and he's a top 100 player. And it's like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. You start looking at his like stat lines and you're like, no, this guy's not a this guy's not a top one hundred player, but per game for the season he is eighty fifth in nine cat roto leagues. So you know he is actually above standardly relevant. I don't think he is. Like I just can't own him in in a in a, uh, in, a in a roto league. I can't own him, and that's why I I, I don't consider him there. But like all those is- all those people in head to head leagues who got him on on the waivers. Like st- sitting out there, I- I'm actually surprised Waver, uh, he's not picked up in more leagues and in more head to head leagues. Well, and this is why uh, guys who, like, when you look at nine cat values, turnovers skew it a lot. Oh, when yeah. you look at a guy that's getting you less than a turnover a game, like Aminu, like that boosts his value way up. Um, but is he really helping you that much? Like, no, no, he's not helping you as like the 85th best player. But at the same time, he is helping you in categories. And I mean, he's one of those guys in a lot of my leagues where I stream him a ton. Just helps me in the rebounds, gets me a steal, helps me a little bit in blocks. And I think that's kind of how you win the league in, in some of those leagues. So, yeah, I mean, I'm 
I'm definitely rostering Aminu when he's playing. I don't know that I'm rostering when he's not. Yeah, and that's a tough guy to keep. You know, that's a tough guy to like have at the end of your bench, and you're like, oh, uh, you know, like he's not having a good week. That sucks. And you got, hey, maybe you got your four steals, your five steals. That's cool for a four game week, but you also got, you know, just like well, four, four threes and like 18 points. And you're like, uh, and he shot like, you know, uh, 15% in one game and 40% in the next game. And there's zero upside too, like none. He's not going to get better. These two 20 point games are, are super flukes and you know what? Respect to him for putting it together. But occasionally he does have one of these kind of crazy games, which is why he's probably a little bit more, uh, more interesting in in, in hold in, in owning in like a bigger league than your Kyle Corvers, your other guys who are just kind of trash. Like at least Alfred Aminu gives you those counting stats, and then every once in a while puts a twenty point game together. And that's that. Might, if you have Alfred Aminu this week, you're probably going to win your week. I you know it's hard to find any of those Portland guys. Like I I haven't watched hardly any Portland. Have you been watching any Portland this year? Uh, yes, I've been watching a little bit of Portland, and I will be watching a little bit of Portland in the future. Why not? They're, they're this kind of the same team, and then they added a couple of bench pieces, and they're they're just um they're a lot of their guys are what they are, and so I I, I mean they're a really easy team to to figure out for fantasy because we've seen this group kind of together for the last three or four years. Yeah, like fancy wise, we I think our uh podcast when we did the team preview lasted about I think I want to say seven to eight minutes because it was like the there's nothing else to talk about. There's nothing to talk about. All these guys are the same guys they've always been, and and that's why I haven't been watching them. They're just kind of a, a boring, boring team. It is good to see that uh Nurkic has um been given uh, a good amount of playing time and has done well in that playing time. So I think that's something going into the season. That was our biggest question there, I think with Nurkic and then who else was going to play on this team. And, you know, we have our answer. It's going to be Evan Turner and Al Farouk Aminu, and they're going to just do Al Farouk Aminu and Evan Turner things. Uh, very disappointing and stuff. Uh, s- s- excuse me, Seth Curry, who, even though he does play about 15, 16 minutes a night, like not doing a whole lot. Yeah, no, he just isn't quite right, I don't think. And I don't know that he ever gets back to where he was. Yeah, he probably doesn't. And that's uh you know, that's that's really sad. I would be I would feel bad that like after that one brief uh stint where he was actually really, really good for just coming off the bench and jacking threes and hitting them all, looking like like actually looking like a little, uh, a little bit of Steph, uh, Seth Curry, Seth, Seth Curry, Steph Curry. There it is. Wow, that's hard to say. Like five times, Seth, 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 Seth Curry. Um, yeah, I feel bad. I think he should. Um, uh, he might recover. He might have another good year here, but it's probably not going to be this year. Um, I do actually want to talk about one more guy who does do similar things as Seth Curry, um, except for never get a steal. But I do, I do want to shout out Dougie McBuckets Dermott for getting his first block probably of his entire career against the Lakers. He is averaging 0.1 blocks a game and 0.3 steals a game on the season. That's insane. He's just the king of zero zero counting stats, and actually has put up a, a handful of zero assists, 
zero rebounds. Like he just, he, that is what he is known for. He comes in and shoots threes and he scores, but he is playing a lot more minutes with Oladipo out. Are you streaming Doug McDermott over your normal three point scoring players? Is there any reason to, to like Doug McDermott better than anyone else? Uh, nope. <laughs> that's the short, that's the quick and short answer. The answer is no. Cause simply because he doesn't do anything else. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's a thousand guys you'd rather have. Wayne Ellington. I mean, give me anybody. Like, here, here's the other way to look at it too. Like, when I'm streaming, especially in standard leagues, I'm looking for somebody who, yeah, okay, even if it's just like a three point guy. When we talked about Kyle Corver a little bit ago, like, he made what makes him less attractive is like you know you're not getting much of anything else. You're gonna get through three pointers and that's it. Whereas, like, you see guys like Wayne Ellington, like, okay, he hits more three-pointers a game, number one. Number two, like, there, he has a game, he just had seven rebounds against the Jazz the other night. He can get you a steal. He can get you a block, like, every once in a while. Like, those guys, McDermott, you just mentioned it. He never, very rarely, ever gets a steal or a block, ever. Yeah. And, and so there's no upside to that pick, none whatsoever. Pretty much zero. He's just one of the worst fancy players um, even in if he was if he's not playing starters minutes, but if he was, still would be one of the worst fantasy players. Like it just it just doesn't translate. He just doesn't do anything other than come in and shoot threes. Even like like Kyle Korver always did a little bit extra. He was getting like a steal a game, half a block. You're shooting a good percentage. He'd get you like three assists, sometimes four, and you're like, you know, secretly Kyle Korver was always like one of the best at his prime, like one of the best late round picks. And Doug McDermott, even in the deepest leagues, is is hard to it's hard to hat roster Doug McDermott in any sized league. I do want to talk about one more player, Tyler. His name is Nerlens Noel. He's been playing more minutes all of a sudden, getting steals and blocks, getting rebounds, even scoring. What what should I make of this kind of like mini Nerlens Noel fifteen twenty minute a night resurgence? Um, well, we know that Nerlens can always get good steals and block numbers, even in limited minutes. So, I mean, I don't know that any of this is super surprising. But... I'm surprising he's. I'm surprised he's playing. Oh, I'm not. I mean, I think Nerlens can play. It's just the fact that he's kind of. Uh, hmm, I don't know the word. An interesting guy. I mean, he had the hot dog thing and. That was kind of what got him in trouble in Dallas was he was just a little bit rebellious. And we saw kind of the same thing in Philly. And I'm not surprised, though, that he's getting minutes. Like, he's always shown the ability to be a decent rim protector and to kind of create some havoc. But he's nothing for fantasy, really. I mean, sure, if you want to stream him for steals and blocks, great. But, I mean, four and a half rebounds and four and a half points with with zero assists – I mean, you're not you're not loving that. Yeah, that's like a final day of the week. I'm desperate for an extra block or so. Why the hell not? Type of stream. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like load up on Noel throughout the well, entire and, week. And in a maximum twenty minutes, right? I mean, he did play twenty six minutes in one game, but I'm pretty sure Stephen Adams um, didn't play that night. I mean, he's other night he's played a maximum twenty minutes, so. I mean, how many steals and blocks can you really get in 20 minutes? Not that many. Yeah, not that many. Um, surprisingly, he gets as many as he does in those limited minutes. 
Uh, so shout out to New Orleans Noel, but yeah, not not recommended either uh, for uh, just even holding briefly. I, I wouldn't do that. Uh, I think that is about like those are the kind of the major players. We talked about a lot of these other guys, you know, people still picking up Shea Gilders, Alexander. Yeah, we, we already told you to do that. Go go do that. Um, you, you should own him on your team. Like uh, he is going to be pretty good. But other than that, like I think, you know, those are the kind of the big, the bigger names, or at least the most widely picked up um, players. I always kind of find it interesting that Yahoo does um, how many people, like how many times a player got traded on a certain day. So, like, you can sort by ads and drops. But you can also sort by trades, and I'm here. Are the here are the top traded people, and there there might be some. I, I've always wondered if there's something to um, if there's something some information to pull out of this, or if it's just random noise, right? Like Brandon Ingram is the number one by quite a bit, forty seven trades uh, um, yesterday, and uh, twenty seven trades today. So it's like. Everyone's moving Brandon Ingram. So if you own Brandon Ingram, should you think about moving him? Like, I'm always wondering if there's like maybe like a little extra hint to be like, this is what people are interested in. So you get like some, uh, some, I guess, some knowledge by by the the numbers of the masses. Do you think there's anything to that, or you think it's just random noise? Uh, a little bit of both, maybe, in this sense that obviously, if if I mean, it's just a stat. Now, does the stat mean anything? Well, it obviously means people are interested in Brandon Ingram. And Brandon Ingram is a guy, I'll consistently say, seems to have more uh, name value or or whatever you want to call it than actual value to me. Like, I always hear people be, like, shouting out Brandon Ingram that they're, you know – really into this guy and they're going to keep holding him on their team and oh they think he's a top 75 player and i'm like well okay well what i mean what's brandon ingram really doing he's getting you four rebounds a game two assists 0.7 steals 0.7 blocks 15 points like it's all fine but there's nothing to get excited about here and i mean there's a like he's not even a top 100 player if you ask me he's just not no i think the um the statistic gods out there would 100% back you up on that. In fact, uh, he's not even a top 200 player when it comes to nine cat Roto. Like he's way the hell down there. And like, there were some flashes, especially late last year where it looked like he might've figured something out, started putting it together. Could have been like a one, one, one guy. He's got all of the, genetic tools like he's just long and quick and and has you know pretty decent athleticism but this season he he's just just kind of crap in the bed um playing behind lebron just totally tanking your free throws if you own him and just not i mean he's still like a half a block half a steal half a three guy He's just not doing anything else. Like he has, it just doesn't feel like he's improved. Like he's improved his game at all. And you know, playing behind LeBron, you're not you're not going to improve 
your your game. You're just not like you're, you're going to look better because LeBron is on your team and you might play a little better because LeBron's on your team, but you're not going to develop your own skills having to have LeBron hold the ball f- for the entire time. Yeah. And I mean, obviously he's a bad free throw shooter, which is kind of killing his value in a lot of ways. Um, even if you take out free throws though. So you look at, you take out turnovers, you take out free throws. You look at that value. He is the 138th ranked player on the season in per game value. It's really a guy, bad. A guy you just talked about, Nerlens Noel, is ranked ahead of him. That's miserable. Here, I'm going to take out free throw. I'm going to take out turnover, just like you said. Etwan Moore, much better. Like, um, who else is down here at the at the bottom here? Oh my gosh, there's some really bad. Noah Vonley, better. Wiggins, who I, is terrible, better. Uh, ooh, Jermichael Green. Better if you get rid of free throw and you get ri- and you get rid of turnover. And the Jermichael Green is actually really hurt by getting rid of those two stats. And uh, still better than Brandon Ingram. It's pretty bad. It's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. So I mean, if you own a Brandon Ingram and you can trade Brandon Ingram for sure, someone, that, yeah. Great. Like if you can get that that name value to give you value back, you should be doing that right now. Well, people get sucked into potential too, I think. Like, you know, this guy was a number two pick or this guy was a number five pick. He's going to be good. He's going to be amazing. Uh, Brandon Ingram also has an underrated basketball reference nickname. Ooh, Are you what, ready for this? Is it the praying, like the, the praying mantis? No, I wish it was. So Humble Beast is the second one. That's terrible. But, but this one, even better, because I don't think it makes any sense. He's the tiny dog. The tiny dog. Which he's tiny in the sense that he weighs like eight pounds, but Yeah, he's at like one twenty eight, I think. It's like about one hundred and twenty eight pounds. But I don't get I don't get it because he's like six foot ten. So how how can tiny you be the tiny dog? How can you be the tiny dog if you're six foot ten? I uh maybe everyone just calls him tiny because he's so thin. He's like and they're like, You're tiny dog and they became the tiny dog. Maybe that's how it worked. I, I guess it's a uh, something. It's absolutely terrible. It's a terrible nickname, and uh, Brandon Ingham should feel terrible by being a terrible fantasy basketball player with his terrible nickname. And I think that's it for our waiver wire week eight here. Everybody, thank you for listening. And if you got feedback for the show, you have recommendations for some of the stuff we want to talk about. Hit us up on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Watch the Boxes. You can find Tyler at Tyler P. Watts. He's always writing something either about the Dallas Mavericks or more fantasy relevant stuff. So just, you got to check him out. You got to definitely follow him. Follow me if you want. Uh, you know, that's fine. But Tyler's got all the good content. Um, so go fi- follow him, Tyler P. Watts. And if you really want to support the show or if you're interested in our mid season fancy basketball draft, where we are going to do a reboot, on the season with our Patreon subscribers, you will have to join our Patreon. You'll have to become a subscriber if you want into that league. Uh, go check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes for more details on that. That is it for tonight, and we will catch you soon. <laughs>